Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and this is Stephen Selects, our deep dive look into some of the fan favorite pivotal episodes of my favorite animated show, Steven Universe. And today, it's all about Steven's dream and the introduction of Blue Diamond. I'm impressed by humanity's ability to survive in the wild. What a strange planet. And of course, that means Steven Universe writers Ben Levin and Matt Burnett are here again, too. Thank you guys so much for coming back again. Yeah, happy to be here again. Yeah, Awesome. So this is the debut episode for Blue Diamond. What kind of prep goes into an episode like that where you have to debut with such an important character? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of time I was spent at board on yeah, so working that reveal. So much of it is figured out at board because it's... Um, yeah, so much of it needs to be visually presented, and you know, you're not gonna try and de- describe shots to the board artists, and it's it's all a conversation in the room and a collaboration between everyone to kind of make that moment feel the way you want it to feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I know that the board artist, uh, I think Colin did that section, right, Colin mm-hmm. Howard, but also Joe Johnston, who's directing that episode, uh, I believe he took a he did some also extra shots of. Blue mm-hmm. Diamond waving her handship around and everything. Yeah, and it's the Blue Diamond thing is interesting because I, you know, we'd seen her before in a way with the story being told in the answer and stuff. But um, so there was an expectation, I right. think, of of maybe her. But you know, that was a story told through someone's point of view, and this was kind of a the real person or the real gem. So yeah, you you're know, like we were kind of figuring getting to figure it out again you know and it's i think the interesting thing about this one is that you know the first version you see of her is just you know shouting down orders to mm-hmm. to shatter someone and then this one is her uh mourning someone who's been shattered so you're just seeing this complete flip of uh, yeah how you were first introduced to blue diamond mm-hmm. yeah it's that this whole the whole arc that this kicked off really was to cause you to see uh the diamonds in a totally different light yeah, and it was pretty drunk too. How like like after, you know, you saw her mourning, and then she immediately takes Greg, and it's like, you know, just sort of flipping back and forth between like, oh, this is bad. Like they're mm-hmm. they're bad people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. made you guys decide to have Stephen go to Korea with Greg? Well, the show is animated in Korea, right? So I feel like uh, we have a special kinship with Korea, and I think Rebecca was like. She's gone over there several times to visit the studios there, and th- you mm-hmm. know they they are collaborators and partners uh, with the show. Like, there's amazing, talented artists over there who help bring the show to life, and it couldn't be done without them. And I think that this was just our way to like further give them a nod and and, and give them something to 
feel like a part of the show. The same way that, like, you know, Rebecca has invited so much of the crew to kind of put them. There, there's so many personal elements from everyone who's worked on the show in there. This was like putting a little bit of them in the show, too. So the universe is a go in the Korea. Thank you for the ride, Uncle Andy. It's no problem. Like they say, family helps family find mysterious ancient artifacts. Yeah, and and then it's also home to the most meta joke ever in the yeah. series, which <laughs> yeah. Greg sees the character model of them, uh, which is hilarious. Loved it. Yeah, that's the thing that's going to stick with Greg the most out of this whole arc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. From here, from that, <laughs> he comes home and that's he's the like, most disturbing thing yeah. he saw. I'm curious if <laughs> yeah. after that, if you if you watch the series from that point on, every time you see Greg, if you try and look at it through the lens that Greg is aware that he's on a television show, I wonder how that would track. <laughs> That he's just like, I am on a cartoon. This is all someone is doing all of this to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty great. So what made you guys decide to have Greg get kidnapped specifically? I think first off, we, you know, we had this idea for this human zoo arc. So, you know, getting Greg kidnapped was the first step in getting them into a a zoo prison in space. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that Rebecca's always liked the idea of sort of uh, kind of upsetting the tropes and, and damseling Greg a bit. You know, yeah, it's a thing we've talked about for a long mm. time. Yeah, and then it's also just a funny joke to us that Greg always manages to get the attention of these amazing alien magic goddesses. <laughs> it's like you know, Tenchi Muyo is a show that uh, has weirdly influenced Steven Universe. It gets talked about a lot in the room. It's an anime you can check out on your own time if you'd like uh, and uh it's 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 just about like this bumbling human and all these aliens show up and they all are like oh we love you tenchi and craig is the same way like rose loved greg and uh for some reason blue diamond instantly feels a connection to greg and you know she takes him away as like an act of mercy because she thinks the planet is going to be destroyed by the cluster she thinks is still growing inside of it so she thinks she's like helping him out by kidnapping him and taking him to the zoo We we joked about in the room like whenever we do uh, like a flashback episode of Greg, we call them No Need for Greg episodes, which is then you know based on No Need for Tenchi. Yeah, that's the series that takes place before <laughs> Steven. Yeah, it's, uh, called No Need for Greg, and it's just young Greg hanging around with like four aliens. Uh, yeah, can't ignore the universe. No. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so how did the episode change, like from the conception to the final product? It changed a lot. The, oh. the premise was way different. Um, yeah, so there were like, um, you know, this was a five-parter that aired over the course of a week. And I can't remember at what point we solidified how many episodes would be a part of it. But this episode, originally, uh, they didn't go to Korea. That was a different episode. There was an episode that was going to be after this called Stevens Abroad. And the yeah. whole episode was going to take place in Korea. Yeah, and so there's one where he has this dream and then one where he's on his way to Korea and in Korea and then meets Blue Diamond. Yeah, mm. and this episode originally had the Storm in the Room stuff in it, which is weird because that episode comes after this arc. But it initially was that at premise, it kind of played the same up to Steven getting frustrated with the gems. But instead of going straight to Greg, he goes into the room and the stuff that's in storm of the room actually happens there where he's talking to his mom and he's trying to actually get her to explain some of this dream stuff to him. 
And she doesn't um, have any answers. Yeah, she doesn't have any answers. You know, mm. she's only repeating things he knows. And then the episode would end when he leaves the room and he goes and he finds Greg. And that's when he's like, I need to go to Korea. And then we would just like hard cut out of the episode. And then the next episode would be all in Korea. But um, for various reasons, we condensed them. Yeah. I don't And I mean, it might have been to leave room for another episode in the arc. And also, I think design wise, having a whole episode in Korea would have been a lot of mm-hmm. design. I know that like. So we kind of condensed them into two episodes, mm-hmm. or into it, one episode. It's such a stronger launching off episode for the five-parter, too, of, like, yeah. like they, we just get to it. Because like, the, 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 the story, the most interesting part of the five parts is that they go to space. So then to take two episodes yeah. to eventually get to space, you know, it, the stuff that would have been in the original version of this is great, but, like, we were able to parse it out and just get to kind of, like, what this five-parter was about faster. Mm-hmm. What was the episode of him just chilling in Korea going to be like? Um, I mean, it was pretty much the same. It's it's really just like was what a- happened. I think it was more just, instead of a montage, it was more scenes about yeah. them doing these things. Well, there was like, yeah, it was like specific scenes. They oh. couldn't talk to anyone. I think they had like a, a, a book that they, would, they were trying to use to translate. Getting up to the mountain was like a whole thing. Like they had to, find out in town information about like oh yeah there's this thing up in the mountains and then they had to kind of go there and the the details are really foggy but yeah there was yeah i mean there might i think that it wasn't hard to condense what we wanted into that episode Mm -hmm. there was i think the only thread that was sort of lost was maybe playing up the idea that that this uh the area near the mountain was sort of like beach city and that people like sort of knew there was something up there and they just don't right. go up there you know the same way that forever the temple is someplace that people are like yeah that's there we don't go there yeah because someone put up a chain link fence with a keep out sign on it at one point yeah <laughs> humans were just like guess guess that's not for me yeah that's all you need yeah how did you guys decide on the timing for this episode you talked about how storm in the room was initially rolled into it but like just to have steven's confrontation about the gems keeping all this stuff from him like what was the decision there i mean this is sort of fallout from bubbles and and learning about his mom shattering a diamond and Mm -hmm. you know he let that Mm -hmm. sort of simmer for a bit and then he's just when he starts having this dream and feeling prompted by something he he has more questions suddenly and he's just like you know what i'm 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 tired of, like, finding out these things later. Yeah, and it's just, like, everything the gems have kept from him uh, up until this point that has sort of been for his own good have eventually come out despite the gems' best intentions and always, like, wound up threatening Stephen's life in some way. So I think he's just trying to get ahead of it this time of, like, you know, if, hey, if this is related to some other new random gem showing up on Earth looking to fight me, you know, I'd like to know why ahead of time uh, this time and maybe be a little bit more prepared. So, you know, he doesn't know exactly what this is, but I think he's just starting to see that, like, that even though they have the best intentions and they're really, they really do think they're protecting him, he has become more aware than they have uh, been that, like, this stuff is inevitable. Like, it's all coming back and we, it needs to be dealt with. It's, it's this interesting conflict, too, just of, like, you know, what do you honor Rose's wishes or Stephen's present-day wishes, mm-hmm. you know? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she had this wish, but she's gone, and now he has a wish, and he's here, and, and he feels more pressed to, like, uh, find out things for himself. Yeah, you're, they're, they're sticking to this plan that was made before th- they even thought that anyone would ever come find them on Earth, and now the whole dynamic, the whole situation has shifted, 
and they they have not changed yet because of their respect for Rose. And I think Stephen is like, we gotta we gotta make a call on the fly here to to change things up. Rose wanted. What about what I want? I'm sick of everyone lying to me. Rose is my mom. Out of anyone, don't I deserve to know the truth? One other thing I was wondering is. What exactly did Garnet see that she couldn't tell Stephen about? Like, did she foresee Greg getting taken? Because, like, did she just, like, think that Stephen wouldn't, would be like, I don't care, I'm going to go, go see it anyways. Yeah, I think she thought that, uh, you know, Stephen would want to see Blue Diamond the same way that the audience has been wanting to see Blue Diamond. And no matter what else <laughs> she told him would happen, he was like, uh, I, I think I'm going to figure out a way to work around that bad stuff because I really do want to see Blue Diamond. So it was just like... God, it's so cool. I wish I could tell you, but uh, that means you're definitely going to go, you know, like, hey, uh, mm-hmm. don't go into that room full of fire with the cake in the middle of it. It's like, oh, but there's a cake in the middle of it. It's like, yeah, but the room is <laughs> full of fire. And it's like, but in the middle, there's a cake is what you're saying. That's what I'm focused <laughs> on. And in this case, a, a cake that has answers to a dream that's making you cry inexplicably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you've been waiting four years to talk to her, however long it's been. <laughs> You're going to dodge the flames. Are you yeah. going to try? Yeah, I'll jump over it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> it's only a possible future, right? Right, right, right. I mean, I see his reasoning. It makes sense. <laughs> and on that note, let's get to the fan questions. Uh, thanks to everyone for tweeting them in to me at MK Atwood and to the official Cartoon Network Twitter. All right, first question for Steven Universe writers Matt Burnett and Ben Levin comes from Sky. And they want to know the pros and cons of a script-driven show versus a storyboard-driven show. Well, I think that um, with animation, at least, storyboard-driven allows for a certain discovery as you're uh, writing the episode. I feel that, like, you know, you have the outline that you're going off of, the, the skeleton of the story. And then, you know, as you're trying to stage these characters and make this story work, you might something might come to mind that, oh, this would be a cool visual thing. And it might, I think that if you're, you know, tied to a script, then you might be held back because you can't change those words. You can't change those actions. And this, like, kind of lets you meld your story. Like, storyboard-driven helps you, you know, mold things to make it look cool. Yeah, it really pushes you mm-hmm. to be visually inventive, and especially with, I think... The shows on Cartoon Network, like, and like most of them are board driven, and, and Steven Universe, in particular, like just l- letting the visuals tell the story. When you're when you're doing scripted stuff, you tend to, I feel like, you just you write, you write a bunch, and you overwrite, and and some things you don't leave up to the imagination. You might have a character explain it or something, and storyboard driven, it just allows so much of the story to be found and told in pictures and it's it's less dialogue it can be more cinematic and less sitcom-y to do it that way um yeah i think that you know the difficult thing about storyboard mm-hmm. shows is that you know the sort of editing process and the notes process is because you're doing two things at once you're writing and drawing an episode at once so mm-hmm. if there's a problem you're not only throwing out words you're throwing out drawings you're, you're yeah. having to redraw and, mm-hmm. and it's a lot to tackle at once and in some ways i feel like you know script driven is better in that like you're like look we can really hone in on what the story is and make sure it's super super solid before we you know go to the drawing process yeah the like sunk cost of just you know having to kind of board these episodes sometimes multiple times and you know dozens if not like hundreds of drawings might wind up just being discarded that's really challenging it's hard 
as an artist to deal with that and it's hard it's it's just hard yeah. but it's you know it's rewarding mm-hmm. when it works and it's it's a part of the process you know even in script driven it's like it's easier because it is just a word document or whatever but part of the process is like you have to be willing to start over or make a huge change to uh service uh the episode um but yeah each thing is you know but they have pros and cons but it really is also just up to what kind of show it is yeah and what's the tone that you're going for Mm -hmm. and you know if you're doing something that is very you know specific and you know all these details really have to you know be in each episode for everything to work script driven makes more sense you know because there you, you just can't allow for this latitude in the same way um you know if if you know, it's it's not. I'm not making a morality judgment yeah. on one or the other, but they def- definitely have. You know, <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of the adult sitcom kind of shows, like The Simpsons or King of the Hill, are all scripted. Part as a function of because they're like 22 minutes, and to to try and storyboard a whole 22 minute story, it's, it's very daunting. That's why I feel like most board driven shows are just 11 minutes. But like the nature of those mm-hmm. shows and the comedy is, it's very dialogue and character driven and grounded sitcom situations so yeah they're written the way you would write a live action sitcom in a way but yeah the stuff on Cartoon Network and Steven having so much action in it and so much kind of fantasy and and things that break the rules of of what you could do in a live action show it just helps to have visually minded people helping you conceive and break and execute that story at a ground uh, floor. Okay cool yeah thanks as always for coming on and talking to me guys thank you. Thank you you still have time to submit your questions for the Crewniverse. Tweet them to me, at MK Atwood, or to the official Cartoon Network Twitter. And remember to use the hashtag StevenUniversePodcast. And be sure to watch Steven Universe on Cartoon Network or the Cartoon Network app. The Steven Universe Podcast is produced by Charles Abadje, Stacey Perra, and Conrad Montgomery. Special thanks to Rob Sorcher, Cartoon Network Studios, The Crewniverse, and Turner Studios. And next week, writers Ben Levin and Matt Burnett return to give an inside look at I Am My Mom. So hit subscribe to the Steven Universe podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review while you're there. I'm Mackenzie Atwood. See you next Thursday.